Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Tommy Ashley and Sherelle McMillan and Sherelle, uh, 82-78, North Carolina. I dare say that's as good a defensive performance as this team has put up against a Duke team that seemed unstoppable on the offensive end in the first half for your overall take before we break down the nuts and bolts. Yeah, I think that's the biggest story from the game is that uh, North Carolina in the second half uh, really put the clamps on Duke. They couldn't do anything despite the fact they have, you know, Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley, you know, Carter's uh, 6'10", 6'11", Bagley's 6'10", 6'11", and they were being uh, guarded by Luke May and Theo Pinson, who were both about 6'6", 6'7", you know, depending on if they have shoes on or not. So it was a little uh, surprising, one, that Duke didn't get the ball to Bagley more. I mean, you look at his stat line, he, he was pretty efficient, but he only had 13 shots. So um, that was surprising that whatever North Carolina was doing, they were fronting a little bit. Uh, Kenny Williams was coming down and helping out. Uh, in the post. And so Bagley just didn't get enough shots. I, I think, you know, Coach K is going to look back at that one and be like, kind of wonder what was going on because only 13 shots for Bagley, considering his advantages is kind of surprising. But then, you know, North Carolina, you just got to give them credit. They came out in the second half and looked like a completely different team. Um, they were energized. They looked like they, you know, were in the beginning of the year when they started playing with the small lineup, just everybody running around, hustling, diving on the floor. Every, I think, uh, I always watch on Raycom because I'm just a traditionalist. But uh, the announcer, I think it was Dan Bonner, was just talking about how all the 50-50 balls went to North Carolina. And that's how this team has to play. They have to hit a good amount of threes. They have to scramble around, dive, and kind of be in a frenzy to make up for some of the um, some of the height disadvantages that they have. And, you know, they ended up doing it. So it's a huge win for North Carolina, all things considered. Uh, and they played really well. They certainly did. And looking at the box score, it's, it's crazy. Duke outshot them from two point or overall and from three point. But Carolina, of course, hit two more threes. But Sherelle, look at Carolina's box score. Luke May, seven made buckets. Joe Barry, seven made buckets. Cam Johnson, seven made buckets. Kenny Williams, seven made buckets. And Johnson, Williams, and May were all seven for 15 from the field. From the field. We've talked about in these podcasts multiple times and did leading up to this game that Carolina had to have a third score. Uh, Cam Johnson, 18, Kenny Williams, 20, Barry, 21, and May added 15. About as balanced as Carolina's been in conference play for sure. Um, and that was the difference. They were able to spread it around and not really rely on one guy. And while Duke, like you talked about, they, they had Bagley, and Grayson Allen started to make plays, but besides Gary Trent and Bagley, Duke really didn't have a whole lot of balance. You know, it's one of the – I don't really know what to say watching that game because it's, it's just not a game that I expected. I expected Bagley to have 30-some and 20-some, um, but Carolina just came out, and that box score is one of the craziest I've seen all year as well. 
Well, the thing that sticks out to me is that North Carolina took 15 more shots than Duke. So we talked about in the podcast leading up to this was that because Duke has been so efficient now, fully didn't expect them to only score 29 points and a half or UNC to limit them to only 29 points and a half. But because Duke was so efficient on offense, Carolina was going to have to steal some possessions, get extra shots. They were going to have to have more shots than Duke to win the game. And they won the rebounding margin, which it's pretty incredible. Uh, 44 to 38, North Carolina out-rebounded Duke. And then they had, I believe, 20 offensive rebounds. So, I mean, when you can... When you can have 20 offensive rebounds, your chances of winning just go up. And it's pretty – it's credit to North Carolina and how they played because they were at a disadvantage athletically. I think it was pretty clear within the first minute or two of the game. And, you know, Luke May, you know, was in there. Give a lot of credit to Cam Johnson. I mean, that was his best game, all-around game, as a Carolina player, I think, despite the fact that he had 32 against Clemson the other night. But um, we talked about X-Factors before uh, the game as well. So Cam Johnson and Kenny Williams, 14 of 29 from the field, 10 of 20 from three, 38 points, and 15 rebounds. When Carolina gets that, I mean, they're going to be hard to beat from anyone. Now, you don't expect that every game. I mean, but the two play, the two guys hit 10 threes. They were 10 for 20 for three. That's just really great play from those two, and North Carolina needed it. Luke May, um, 15 and eight, you know, really good. And then Joel Berry, he just does what Joel Berry does, the six and seven from the free throw line to kind of salt the game away at the end. So everyone contributed for North Carolina, even, you know, Garrison Brooks, Sterling Manley, Playtech, you know, they all did something. So it was a team win for North Carolina. Um, one more thing, you know, and they did it. You know, we talked about how they have to make a whole bunch of threes to win the game. Well, they started off, I believe, four of eight from three and then finished the game seven of 25. So it's not like they were shooting lights out the whole game from three. They just really, it, it seemed like they wanted the game more than Duke. They played harder. They won all the 50-50 balls. It, it was really um, a sight to see because, you, like you said, you just didn't expect that from uh, North Carolina tonight. Yeah, and, and, you know, to see Kenny Williams, he, he played well against Pittsburgh. We said it's just Pitt. Uh, then he puts on a show. He was hot in the first half, as he's been a lot and not really followed through in the second half. He played well the entire game today. And, and, you know, Cam Johnson, Ross Martin, I believe it was, tweeted, Cam Johnson's, you know, 18 points or whatever he said has been big for Carolina, I thought, the 13 rebounds. Because the way that game started, the way Duke got, I believe, six offensive rebounds after their first, what, eight misses, I thought it was going to be a long night, but then Carolina started sending everybody to the boards on that side of the glass and Cam Johnson, 13 rebounds. I agree with you, his best game, but just talk a little bit about that aspect because he's got the size. He's got a little bit of length to match up against Duke and he got in there. He stuck his nose in there and he's done that more and more, but he really stuck his nose in there tonight and that paid off for Carolina. Yeah, I think that's all desire that, I mean, Cam, you know, he's six eight, six nine, but he's not, you know, he's not a super athlete. He's he's an average athlete, I think you would say. Um, so all that, again, North Carolina athletically was completely outmatched in this game. But they wanted it more. They took advantage of things that they do well, better than Duke did. Um, and then, you know, you talk about Kenny Williams a little bit. Same thing. I mean, he had a, he had a couple steals, I believe. He had a couple blocks. He had a couple of assists. Um, he really pretty much did everything that North Carolina could ask. And it's, it's amazing, Tommy, isn't it, how – you know, he's struggling for so long and then he hits two threes against Pitt and the light seems like it's come on. So, I mean, just, just that one shot at the beginning of the first half against Pitt 
and it's been like a deluge since then for for uh, Kenny Williams. So, uh, it, you know, again, a, a phenomenal win for North Carolina. I'm just I keep looking at the numbers. They only Tyrell shot 39% from the field, 33% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. Now, if we had looked at those numbers after the game without the score, we'd have said North Carolina got blown out because you can't shoot that poorly from two, that poorly from three against Duke and only take 13 free throws and have a chance to win because they're such a potent offensive team. But Carolina completely shut them down in the second half. And, you know, I'll need some of the people more adept at breaking down basketball and game film to say exactly how they did it. Um, But to me, it just looked like want to and hustle, whatever cliche you want to use. Indeed. And I'll tell you what, probably the, if you'd have told me Carolina missed 12 shots in a row, uh, midway to late part of the second half, I'd have thought they got blown out as well. And yet yeah, they was, did that and still it, led. It was two of, I think it was two of their last 18. And the two was the Pinson Dunk at the very end. So they were, they had a stretch where they were one of 17, two of 18 to end the game, and they still won by four. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a testament to their defense that it is, they just didn't let Duke do what Duke wanted to do. They took Trayvon Duvall pretty much out of the game, you know, after he had that impressive play in the first half, you know, he didn't do much after that. Uh, he was only two of nine. Grayson Allen didn't do much. He hit a, I think he hit two threes in the first half maybe and didn't do much after that. Um, so it was pretty much all Bagley. And then they got, uh, surprisingly, they got 19 points from Bolden and O'Connell off the bench. And that really, you know, kept them in the game to to a degree because Carter and Bagley, I mean, excuse me, Carter, Trent and uh, Grayson Allen, you know, didn't do too much in the game. Let's talk about Carolina's defense approach there after that first, uh, whenever Duke ran it out to their lead in the first half. Carolina sort of buckled down defensively, but I thought they approached it a little bit differently as well. They didn't push out on the high-low as much. And when I when I mean by that, whoever was guarding the high man didn't get all up in his face. And if it's, if it's Carter and he's going to hit threes, then he's just going to hit threes. But what they couldn't let him do is just easily throw it over the top to Bagley. So they sagged a little bit on that. And then they just pincing on Bagley or whoever had Bagley at some time in the second half. I mean, that was that looked like um, a young kid playing against a grown-up size-wise. And yet Pinson was able to effectively disrupt Bagley. Now, Bagley is a special talent. Uh, but Duke, it, what I saw is Duke unable to figure out how to get him the ball any other way than they're used to doing it. Yeah, and, 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 and you talked about not letting Duke do what Duke does. They did not adjust to what Carolina was doing, and that was surprising. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, Theo Benson, again, 6'6". I think him and, and Luke May really had good positional defense. So they were able to just get enough pressure on on Bagley and on Carter so that uh, when they caught the ball, you know, they were a little bit farther out from where they really wanted to get it. Now, granted, uh, Marvin Bagley made some some tough shots. And again, when when I think when Duke looks back at this game, they're going to kind of be mad at themselves for Marvin Bagley only getting 13 field goal attempts because uh, he was scoring at will. And I don't, I don't know that North Carolina could have continued to stop him. But they did just enough. They stopped him just a couple of times to, you know, were able to grab the rebound and push the ball up the court. So, um, yeah, really phenomenal job by uh, Theo Pinson and Luke May. You, you talk about versatility um, that they've guarded everyone from uh, Theo Pinson has guarded everyone from the, the, you know, the best point guards in the ACC over the last few years, all the way to, you know, seven footer from Florida State now to uh, Marvin Backley, who's probably going to be the top pick in the NBA draft. So it, it speaks to 
what he can do for North Carolina. Again, we said the other day, like, oh, you know, Theo Pinson can impact the game without scoring. People say that about players all the time because that usually means that players aren't very good. But with Theo Pinson, it's true. I mean, he does so much for North Carolina. He only had four points. He made two shots. Um, and one was that final duck, but the seven rebounds, the four assists, and just being a safety valve for Joel Berry out there really held North Carolina. And again, you know, uh, Theo Pinson, 6'6", checking Marvin Bagley at 6'11", and limited him to only 15 points. So um, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, Bagley with, uh, I believe, 15 and 16 rebounds. A great player, but you're right. I mean, he just he was not as effective as I thought he would be, and I, I would wager that anybody in the country thought he would be. Just briefly before we move on and look ahead a little bit, Garrison Brooks and Sterling Manley, four points between them. Those all were Sterling Manley. Brooks has five rebounds. He he's He's getting better at getting the rebounds. He's got to get better at finishing. But I thought those two guys made a difference. And I thought Sterling Manley, especially in the first half, went at the rim stronger than any Carolina player. And then they all sort of followed suit in the second half. But just speak to those guys and the experience they got tonight. Yeah, the thing with Sterling, he he still doesn't quite have the strength to finish against, you know, ACC caliber players. But the good thing for him is that he was four for four from the free throw line. So even when he didn't finish and got fouled, he still finished, if that makes any sense. And I believe he's shooting over 80% from the free throw line in ACC play. So that's uh, a good development. As uh, Roy Williams has said, he wants to play Brooks and Manley a little bit more. And then Brooks, you know, when Theo Pinson got his fourth foul, he came in and we always talk about don't be a net negative. That's the goal for uh, the bench guys when, when they come out and play. Uh, that's what he did. You know, he grabbed a couple offensive rebounds. Granted, North Carolina wasn't able to score off of him, but they were able to milk the clock a little bit while they had the lead. So he was very uh, valuable, especially during that. I think it was maybe from the under eight to sometime, you know, around the three, three minute mark, something like that. When Pinson came back in after he got his fourth. So he, he was big during that time too. Um, again, uh, it was a, a team game. Um, everybody who played contributed something, I think, whether it made the bot score or not, but you got to look at, uh, you know, the starting lineup and just how phenomenal all those guys played in different aspects. And it wasn't as if, uh, you know, one guy was just, doing everything in the entire game. There were moments where Kenny Williams carried Carolina and there were moments where Cam Johnson carried Carolina and then Joel Berry came in and closed. So um, really just a great all around performance from, from the Tar Heels and a much needed win. They're 18 and seven, seven and five in conference now. Um, You know, they have a tough stretch. They still got to go to NC state on Saturday and then uh, to, uh, then they host Notre Dame on Monday. If they come out with two more wins, then, you know, things start to change. The conversation changes from, Hey, is this a NCAA tournament team because they've been struggling? They lost a few in a row to could they be in Charlotte? Could they, um, you know, get a top four seed? So a lot to be, you know, decided, I guess, in the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks of the ACC season. But again, this three and five day stretch is, is where they're at now. Yeah, and Carolina with two turnovers against Duke. And I know Duke that Duke doesn't play much defense. Um, and at times they looked like they weren't even interested in playing defense, especially late when they were still in it, you know, around the two-minute mark. But two turnovers, one of those being Pinson's charge. I mean, it's a school record for North Carolina, I believe. But, that, wow. And I we mean, talked a, ga- we, a we game talked with about, that intensity, two turnovers. Right. We talked about so many times how careless they can be with the ball at times and how – you know, guys are throwing passes away. They've struggled with that. I mean, there have been games where they've had four or five possessions straight with turnovers. And to do that against Duke, who, you know, despite all their all their flaws defensively, 
they're still a good team. They're a really good team, and they're still, um, you know, going to make some noise in March. I think just because of how high their offensive ceiling is. But two turnovers against Duke in a rivalry game that was played at that pace and and played with that many possessions. Again, uh, Carolina was locked in. I think that's I think that's really kind of the the summary. You know, after uh, they got down, I believe it was forty to twenty eight or forty to twenty nine. They really locked in the rest of the game and kind of took it to Duke from there. So looking ahead, you've already mentioned State on Saturday, Notre Dame on Monday. Look at it. Let's look at it from this perspective. Carolina coming off a win against Duke. Uh, how much does that mean? It, it, you know, the win is huge in the ACC race, but for the mindset to be able to pull that game out, because if they had somehow lost that game at the end, uh, it's going to take a lot to get them back ready for State. But winning it and hanging on, that certainly changes everything. Throw in the fact that, NC State came to the Smith Center a couple of weeks ago and beat them. Should make for an interesting day in Raleigh. Yeah, it's that's going to be an inferno. That's going to be an insane building. It's going to be much like the Smith Center was tonight. Uh, State hasn't swept North Carolina since I believe 2002, 2003. I think that was the year Julius Hodges' senior year. I believe it was. So it's been a long time since State swept North Carolina, um, and it never happened under Roy Williams. So uh, they want that one badly, and I think North Carolina wants it badly. I think what they have to do is, you know, again, throwing out cliches, enjoy this one until midnight. And when you wake up in the morning, they've got to make sure, uh, you know, they do their rest and recovery stuff, make sure, you know, they're not taxing their body, uh, make sure they're getting plenty of fluids, you know, do all the stuff to keep their bodies fresh. And then on Saturday, I think they'll have a little bit more confidence um, after they're playing that way. Um, it, 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 I think it gives them something. It gives them um, just the idea that, hey, you know, we, we can play with everyone you know, despite the three-game losing streak and despite some poor play earlier in the ACC. And like you said, there's the revenge factor. So um, I think they'll be prepared. It's going to be a completely different environment, and they have to be ready for it. But, you know, with Joel Berry doing what he does in the second half and Kenny Williams seeming to have found his shot again and Cam Johnson now being very, very consistent and Theo Pinson doing his, you know, seven points, eight rebounds, that kind of stat line. Um, they definitely can go in there and win. And, you know, to me, that's the big one because I, I do think uh, they can take care of Notre Dame at home. So if they if they get the state one, you know, this three-game stretch turns into from from a potential nightmare into something that could catapult North Carolina very deep into the season. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw a tweet by one of the local, local writers. Evidently, there was a maybe a Grayson Allen chant, uh, F Grayson Allen or something to that effect. And I saw the responses about Carolina fans, stay classy or whatever. And then I think about my trips to Reynolds Coliseum and my trips over to cover Carolina and NC State and PNC. And yeah, if that is uh, probably the nicest thing that'll be said in Raleigh on Saturday directed towards North Carolina players. Yeah, I'm not a fan of any of it. None, none of the fans should be doing that. Like it's, I'm not getting on Carolina fans. I'm getting on fans in general. Like, you know, you can heckle a guy without without doing that. So, no, you know, don't disrespect the Carolina fans. They're excited. I get it. Um, but I would hope that NC State fans are, are the same way. Um, you heard me kind of laugh when I said that, right? I would hope that <laughs> NC State fans are kind of the same way on Saturday, um, you know, and, and, and don't use that kind of language or anything. But, we'll, you know, we'll see. It's like I said. It's going to be a cauldron. It's going to be an inferno. It's it's going to be pretty crazy in there. And Carolina really has the 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 biggest thing they have to do is match NC State's energy. I mean, uh, we've seen that a few times where teams uh, playing at home, Virginia Tech comes to mind, uh, Clemson comes to mind. Teams playing at home just have much more energy. It looks like than North Carolina. 
So they can come out and match NC State's energy, then I think um, they have a good chance. Because, I mean, you think about it, they lost by four at home to NC State, and it took some pretty historically great shooting for NC State to win by four in overtime. Um, so you expect that to come back down to earth a little bit. And maybe they figured out something, too, regarding the three. I mean, Duke was 9 of 25. They almost hit 10. They didn't. Uh, but 9 of 25, you know, if, if uh, you know, 9 of 25 is a lot different from 15 of 30. So if they can do that again on Saturday, I think they have a really good chance to win. Carolina 82, Duke 78. Great basketball game in the Smith Center. The Hills prevail on the state on Saturday. And before, before we leave, like, you know, people always talk about how this isn't the best rivalry. The reason it's the best rivalry in college basketball, maybe in sports, is because it always delivers no matter how much they hype it up. I mean, you know, one year they had like all access cams where ESPNU had the game up from the sidelines and ESPN2 had the above head cam and ESPN News had another one. And it always delivers no matter what. I mean, there have not been many uh, none great games in this series for a long, long time. And this was another one. I mean, that first half of offensive basketball, you do not see in college basketball that often. Uh, both teams were, you know, over one point, I think over one point, uh, three points per possession. Both teams, you know, were doing everything. Um, so it, it, to me, it's refreshing and it, it shows how college basketball really should be played. You know, not throwing shade at any schools <laughs> uh, in another state who play a different style, but this is how basketball is meant to be played. Oh, my, oh, my. Great stuff there. And I agree. I mean, it's fun to watch and it's fun to see talented guys on both sides of the bas- uh, both sides of the floor getting to do what they do well right. and not impeded by either, you know, pack line defenses or um, trigger happy refs. It was I, great basketball. I, didn't name, I didn't name any names. You did not. Uh, I, I, I didn't. It's just a defense <laughs> that I've heard that some teams play. I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> Carolina beats Duke. Sherelle, great having you. Hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, appreciate it, Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.